It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com, our main website. I am so proud of what we provide to you each and every day on the website. Our web team works hard for you seven days a week. And then we've got our deal diggers at ClarkDeals.com, saving you money with great bargains that they find for you day after day. And Joel Moonlights is a deal digger. He's got two personalities. How about Joel? Well, Joel, you are the cheapest person alive. A lot of people think that's me, but you're actually the cheapest person. I don't know if that's true. What about Theo? How How about couch surfing? Theo never couch surfed. That's true. That was a long time ago, though. Free online dating services. We forced I was, into that. I was, peer, I was peer pressured into that. Oh, man. When Joel was single, you should have learned to hate all of us, all the things we had you experiment with. We did some funny stuff back then. Yeah. Okay. So now to some serious stuff. You know, you count on me to give you advice and guidance each and every day. And there are times when I'm expressing an opinion, answering a question, giving advice, that you feel I missed the mark. And I want to hear from you. I want you to share with me where it is, how it is, that you feel I failed to serve you or your fellow listener. And that's why at Clark.com, we have Clark Stinks. It's where you can go post where it was I came up short, where I failed to serve you, And you are able to share. Other people are able to see what you said. They can comment on it, agree with you, disagree with you, whatever. And then weekly, our producer, Krista, goes through all your posts on Clark Stinks and shares the ones that bring a smile to her face right here to you. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Well, thanks for that setup. Brings us mom. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm a terrible person, oh, so it gives you an opportunity. Stop it. To, to this one scores. will bring a smile to your face because it involves won't one you will will one of your favorite things, which is football yes football is my life i love football all right ethics on nfl ticket streaming clark a leftover open can of sardines in the car trunk to you suggesting to get around the streaming option for the nfl was to cheat by including either a condo or an edu mail address email address come on clark you should know better in the fifth estate while i can agree that the streaming charge and the like using DirecTV is horrible to suggest outright stealing is an outrageous Clark moment. I generally agree with your ideas, but when I heard this on the podcast, I was shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Leave the bad ethics to the scammers. I'm not defending the no fun league here. It's ethics. May the Wells Fargo not be with you and continue the good work. Noted the only way I can hear you on the air in San Diego County is with your barbs with Bill Handel on LA's KFI podcast fan. Well, I appreciate that very much. And I want to tell you that when I talk about something like NFL Sunday ticket, which is actually an AT&T product, so you can't blame the no fun league for that. AT&T is trying to get people to buy uh, direct TV satellite dishes 
and buy programming packages from DirecTV and tie in NFL Sunday Ticket with that. So my thing is that you have this monopolist, AT&T, trying to cram a programming package down people's throats they may not want. But then there is this option of being able to stream it. AT&T should recognize that that's what the marketplace wants as an option and not force people to jump through the hoops of having a college student in the household or having a relative who lives in a condo or apartment that you can't get direct TV and sell people what they want. Sell them NFL Sunday ticket if they want to pay for it as a streaming product or one that comes on your satellite that a lot of people would rather not have. So I, I realize that's an ethical dilemma and that I let you down and maybe I was wrong. Usually your advice is spot on, but I really have reservations about you telling people to willy-nilly sign up at Credit Karma. I think you owe your listeners and followers the caveat that they will have to give up their privacy if they do so. I know you don't care about that, but a warning would be thoughtful. Also, sorry to say, but your homepage has a glaring problem, quality assurance problem, and they talk about a video um, that they watched, they linked to, and they couldn't hear the other person talking. They could hear you talking. And so I tested it out, um, Ruth, and it's, it is working. It might be that one of your stereo, it's in stereo, so it could be that a headphone side wasn't working. Well, it could be, uh, it could be somebody has two speakers and only one of them is working. Right. Hooked up to That's their what TV. I mean. Yeah, it's it left or right. Um, P.S. You probably shouldn't brag about your son fixing phones on the side. Someone will undoubtedly try to shut him down for not having a business license or paying taxes. Ruth. Ruthie. Ruthie, I appreciate everything you said. Now, an alternative, and I've kept this really simple on my uh, Equifax disaster guide and there is Credit Sesame. They also do the same kind of thing, is that they track your score. They also offer the monitoring for free. They offer the ability for you. They also offer free identity theft protection. It and Credit Karma both offer all the stuff they offer for free in return for trying to get you to get particular credit cards or whatever that they'll get a commission we're getting you to sign up for. I've been with Credit Karma for years, and I don't remember why I couldn't do Credit Sesame. I don't remember what happened with that because I wanted to see how both of them worked, but I couldn't do it. And they're both wonderful. I have not found Credit Karma to be particularly intrusive or annoying. Quizzle is the third one, and I don't I uh, have much to share about Quizzle. We talked about it years and years ago. It didn't seem to have as much capability as the others. Oh, Clark, young, sweet, naive Clark. You may not be aware, but many of us have listened to you for years. During that time, I've never heard you introduce the exciting game of Beat the Jobsons. For a man such as yourself focused on saving a buck, I would have thought that this would not only be a game that you've mastered, but one that you would share with others. So allow me to educate you. Beat the Jobsons refers to a game my father, an economist, developed. The Jobsons were a family who lived down the street from us. My father happened to ask our neighbor, Mr. Jobson, what his power bill was and learned that it was about $10 cheaper than ours. In 1977, so that was a lot of money. 
Upon my father's return, there was a renewed focus on beating the Jobsons. Whatever their power bill was, my father was determined to beat it. The thermostat went from 78 to 85 during the summer. Ceiling fans were installed. Windows were checked for cracks and promptly caulked if necessary. Empty half-gallon milk jugs were filled with water and placed in the toilet tanks to conserve water. Grossly put, if it was yellow, it would be it would mellow. If it was brown, flush it down. Although our power bill did drop significantly, we never did beat the Jobsons, as my mother explained. We had one more bedroom, one more kid, and an extra appliance to run, but we got close. In any event, you stink for not explaining that everyone should be playing this game and posting their power bills on social media for all to see. You know what I love about this post? I knew the Jobsons really well. Just kidding. (laughs) So (laughs) I talk so much about ways to get energy, like with wind and solar and all that, and about insulating. The real savings are doing the things in your home that reduce your raw consumption, which I do talk about from time to time with the LED light bulbs, which are incredible, and all the things you can do in your home, the whole thing about uh, uh, if it's yellow, let it mellow, and if it's brown, flush it down. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a step too far from me. Whoa. Clark seems to think price is everything. Do you think that? Uh Almost, yeah. (laughs) Okay. I don't really think Clark believes price is the only important determiner of a purchase decision. However, he would give a person that impression if they listened to his recent advice for a caller asking about a TV purchase. All Clark would say seemed to be to purchase the cheapest TV available in a given size. What about picture quality, product reliability, and other non-initial price issues? Clarky should think value, not just price. All right, so I respectfully disagree on TVs for a reason, something I've covered recently on the show. TVs depreciate quicker, drop in price quicker than any other major consumer purchase. That the developments in TV are going so quickly that if you buy a TV today, the equivalent TV will be 30% cheaper in a matter of months. There's nothing else that drops in price as quickly as televisions. So why I say you buy the cheapest you can get in a screen size is according to Consumer Reports, the uh, TVs are incredibly reliable. The fail rate, generally 3 to 5% in the first three years of ownership, depending on, regardless of what brand on the TVs. So if you buy the El Cheapo you can get, in a few years, remember, they're going to be so much cheaper and so much better. Like, think about today. Now, HDR is the new big thing. Well, if you spent a zillion dollars on a TV a few years ago, you're never going to run out and buy the cheapest HDR TV you can get. So I think you buy a TV of the size you want, and then when the new stuff comes out in a few years, you move that TV to the secondary location, and you get the new one. Although my family does have on the wall in the basement, no more TVs. <laughs> they, they, they took a uh, big magic marker and wrote that on some sheetrock in a storage room. <laughs> okay. Open the door up wide, Clark, all the way and let the good light in. In your recent 
report of dirty dealings in the U.S. House that threatened consumer protections against pyramid schemes, I was left with more questions than answers. I couldn't find the New York Post article you mentioned and had no idea who the sponsor of the rider in the legislation was, nor the legislation the rider was attached to. And your show notes at this point are not linked to that topic. So I'm left with more disgust for our government as a whole with no effectual solution in hand. Help me connect the dots, Clark, so we can shed a good, the good light together. I would like you, when mentioning further dirty legislation, to name the offending legislators and their representative states, as well as legislation references, so I can point my reps toward the light as well. In an era where I believe many of our problems in government are due to the inability for so many of us to adequately participate, uh, when do any of us have time to meet or call with our congressperson or senator this week? Yes, we're all busy. Greasing the wheel towards participation is the key to making change happen. Thanks for all you do, Clark. Keep focused on those small details as they are important. Michael in Johnson City, Tennessee. And Michael, there are now multiple news reports about it. Um, they're popping up all over the country. The congressman um, that I did mention was... Someone who I told you at the time, I did say his name, but I probably completely botched the pronunciation. He is from Michigan. His name is John Moulinar. I hope I said that right. How do you spell it? M-O-O-L-E-N-A-A-R. And what it would do, would it would give multi-level marketing organizations pretty much immunity from federal oversight for running what may well be pyramids. And I'm sure he has some kind of logical explanation why that's a good idea. And if he wants to be on the show and defend the bill, which is, let's see if I have the bill number, because you asked for that as well. I don't see the, the bill number, and I apologize for that. But if you were to put in a search like uh, uh, MLM House Bill, that's what I did, and all these news articles came out, came up about this immunity bill that would protect multi-levels that are running what may well be pyramids from any meaningful federal oversight. And I can't wait if the congressman comes on air to hear the logical explanation in that. I want to hear from you. Please let me know where you feel I'm out of line, missing the big picture, or failing to serve. And just go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know what I need to do to serve you better. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Joel, what Clark you got? Hunter wants to know, what happens with our money in banks if there's a cyber attack and our accounts are drained? Oh, boy. So under the law, if somebody attacks your bank account, the bank is responsible. This would be true for a credit union as well. The bank is responsible on a consumer account. So on a consumer account, even if you did something where you got fished and somebody convinced you they were from the bank, got your sign-in information or whatever, the bank is legally required to restore your funds. In the case of a business, it doesn't work that way. If a criminal were to figure out how to get in to your bank account and drain it, 
who is responsible for that is determined by what uh, methods you had at your business to protect your business account. As an example, if you have no procedure where business checks are locked up and somebody comes in and pilfers a check from your business and uses it as a way to drain money from your account, then you did not take what's known as due care and the business would suffer the loss. But with situations involving a consumer, rest easy. All right, Frank wants to know, is there anything I can do to argue my auto insurance rate hike of 23%? I've had no accidents or tickets for the last 10 years and been with the same insurance company. I'm tired of not being rewarded for being a responsible and safe driver. So your insurer may be using what's known as loyalty index scoring, which you mentioned you've been loyal for how long was that? 10 years? 10 years. So insurers, um, and not all of them do this, but several use a software that determines what kind of personality you have. And if you're someone who tends to be extra, extra loyal, you'll be rewarded by that insurer with significant premium increases over the years. And people that do not have a high loyalty index score with a similar driving record and situation will have lower premiums. In your case, you should shop the market, see what others are offering, And then you call your agent and you say, here's the deal. This is what you're charging. This is what other people are offering. I'm going to bail on you and give them a chance to re-quote you. Amazingly, they'll say, oh, I see. They did blah, blah, blah. Let's fix that. And magically, your rate will go down. If it doesn't, and you've done that homework and you found a cheaper deal somewhere else, then kick them to the curb and go to the cheaper one. Your loyalty is being punished. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com, our main website, and you can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Of the questions I get that gnaw at me, one in particular has been a perma- thing for 30 years on the air and the only the answers have changed over those 30 years it's when somebody calls me because a relative has just died and they have no idea how to deal with the funeral home and most of the time what happens instead is i hear from somebody later i'll be out somewhere shopping or eating and someone will come up and they'll share with me their tale of woe about having just been through the experience of feeling like they got put through a buzzsaw, their wallet at least, when they were making arrangements at a funeral home. The funeral home business has gone through a phase of roll-ups. And what that means is that there are some ultra-large chains that control a big share of the market in most cities around the country. There are still independents, but unfortunately a lot of the chain stores you don't know because they've kept the name of the original funeral home. And so as far as you know, you're dealing with local people, but you're not most of the time. And what's different in the funeral business from every other business, I'm trying to think if there's any other exceptions, is that 
as these big chains have emerged, usually the advantage of a big chain is you get lower prices because of their efficiencies behind the scenes, but you'll get less personal service that you would from the local business. Think about everything else we do in life. That's generally the deal. But in the funeral home business, the chains have mastered the psychology of grieving or guilty survivors, relatives that are having to make decisions, and they just use that psychology to destroy your wallet. And so there are things you can do, and one of them I want to mention, if you haven't done the stuff I'd like you to do, which is, and most of us around the country have access to a nonprofit, community-based funeral and memorial society that has either negotiated, uh, let's call it what it is, through the buying power of so many people being members of the co-op, have arranged for really cheap prices for you for funerals. And funerals with burial, usually you'll cut the cost about 75%. And with cremations, usually about 50% being a member of your local or state co-op. And there's a very easy site to find if there's one where you are. You pay, most of them, you pay a lifetime membership fee. You hope your life runs a long time on that membership fee. And it's typically $25 to $50. But what happens if you haven't done any of that? Or suddenly you are left there with a grieving family and a relative of yours has died and you're the one who's got to figure it out. There's a website called parting.com, P-A-R-T-I-N-G.com, that covers most of the country, and it basically puts the funeral with burial or cremation out for bid, and you get to see what's available at different places. Most people don't ever comparison shop place to place. Remember, they are grieving. They also may have a case of the guilts where they want to make sure that they give just this super fancy funeral for the person who died. Other people aren't like that. I mean, I don't want any money spent on me when I die. I want to give my body to science and then have them do whatever they want with me, harvest organs, whatever, and then I want them to cremate me or whatever they want to do and not create any cost for my family. That's just me. Everybody approaches this differently. But for whatever it is you want, it doesn't take long at all for you to put the funeral homes into competition with each other. And that's the beauty of parting.com. And you're not in one of those sales centers in a funeral home where they do this phony baloney compassion thing is they charge you this for this and that for that and the other. And by the way, you have the right under the law, if you are going to be buried, let's say uh, we're really talking about the person you're taking care of, if they're going to be buried, you have the right to comparison shop on caskets and the funeral home has to use the casket you supply. They're going to pretend that they can't do that. They're going to pretend it's going to be a bad choice. Oh, those caskets you buy somewhere else are terrible. You can go right on eBay right now 
and buy a casket for next day delivery of any caliber or quality, but you'll save about three quarters of the cost buying it online and having it delivered to the funeral home than what you'll have to pay the funeral home for that same casket. And I will tell you that the locally operated, the real ones that are locally operated, that are independently owned, are usually far, far cheaper than the chains. Trish is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Trish. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Trish. Man, congratulations to you. You got a giant bonus. Yes, thank you. Is that uh, an out-of-the-blue thing, or do you routinely get monster bonuses? No, (laughs) I wish, no. (laughs) It's very, very unique. Wow. Well, congratulations for doing such a good job that they wrote you such a huge check. How can I be of help with that? Well, I'm really um, not sure what the best use of it is, if I should... um, apply it to continue to pay down my house um, and pay off the little bit that's left on my car, um, or if I am better just setting it aside and maybe making extra payments towards the house but not necessarily putting it all towards the house. If I lose some of the interest, I, I owe about 107 on the house. Um, it's a 4.5% interest rate, so I'm just looking for what's truly the best use of the money. All right. So let me first say this. This is such a out of the blue thing. I want you to Mm -hmm. take at least a small amount of the money and treat yourself to something just fun and frivolous that you never feel like you can afford to do. (laughs) Okay. Even up to 10% of this bonus. Okay. And I mean, if there's some place in the world, go go buy yourself an experience that you'd love. If it's a trip somewhere or um, going skydiving or whatever it is. So whatever it is, it's always been like, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could do blah, blah, blah. Do okay. something for yourself. And so okay. then I still got 90% of the bonus there, even if you do that. Uh-huh. And so as far as efficiency with that money, 4.5% interest rate on a mortgage is by today's standards it's weird but that's a little on the high side Mm -hmm. so you could is an idea you could take uh because this bonus is big enough to make a big impact on your mortgage you could uh do a refinance and refinance into a smaller mortgage for a shorter period of time at a much lower interest rate okay and that would be an idea, like if you went into, is your credit standing really good? Um, right. I checked this morning. Um, on TransUnion, it's 772, and Equifax, it's 787. Yeah, you are, you are uh, what's called a, a, a borrower or even A+. plus. I mean, you're in great shape at that. So if you were to do a refi, are you a member of a credit union where you live? I am. So you could go talk to the credit union about this idea. How many years remain on your 4.5% mortgage? Um, just over 27. All right. So think about what a difference it would make in your life if you took a lot of this bonus money, put it towards the balance on the mortgage, and then 
went into a 15-year loan, at, let's say uh, probably right around three at a credit union, mm-hmm. and you would pay off the loan 12 years quicker. Okay. I would be really excited about that because if you go from four and a half to three percent or three and an eighth, that's an enormous carry cost difference on the mortgage. Okay. You said you have a car loan? I do. I owe about 5300 on it still. And what interest rate does that have? Oh, I don't know. I am so sorry. I don't know. Did you finance at the dealer or at the credit union? At the dealer. All right. So there may be a move, regardless of this bonus, that when you talk to the credit union about the mortgage, it may make sense for you to look at doing a refi of the car loan with the credit union, not okay. necessarily getting rid of that loan. Uh, you could. I mean, you could just keep it simple and pay the $5,300 off, use the rest towards the mortgage after you took some money out for an experience, uh-huh. and refi into a 15-year. I'd feel really good about that. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sure, and your hard work is what brought you that reward, and so make the most of it. It's great stuff. Jeff joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Jeff, you want to talk about going from mainline Verizon to their discount thing called Total Wireless. Yes, exactly. And uh, I hope you're not on that Verizon phone right now because your signal's really weak with me. Well, I'm trying to get to, I, I, you know, I work in a place that have a few black holes for service, so I'm trying to find the best spot for me. So You're great I'm, right I'm now. getting better, let me know. Okay, I'll it's stand It's great right, right now. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I was, I've seen articles from you on, you know, Facebook and different things about the, about the differences between the two, and it seems like you've been putting more out about the differences between the, the major carriers and the sub-carriers and... And uh, so I've been checking it out, and yeah, it just, unless there's some giant catch, it seems like a really, really good deal. But there's, there is one hiccup that I haven't been able to figure out a way around, and I'm wondering if you can point me in a direction, maybe. Verizon and all the, all the big carriers have, best I can tell, U.S.-based customer service. So you call them up, and you know you're going to get somebody that under, you know, is English-speaking and everything. Total wireless is not like that because they're, you know, they, I don't know why. Oh, I can tell you why. Total Wireless it, is a joint venture of um, Verizon and a man named Carlos Slim, and Walmart uh-huh. is mixed in there a little bit somehow, too. And sure. Carlos Slim runs Straight Talk, Track Phone, um, okay. Total Wireless, and one thing that any Carlos Slim company has never excelled on is customer service. In fact, I think you could take Carlos Slim's picture. He used to be the world's wealthiest man. Now he's like sixth wealthiest. And you could put him in the Pictionary next to customer no service. So the good thing is that you don't often need a lot of customer no service with a cell phone. But when you do... That is the Achilles heel of going with Total Wireless, is okay. that, that their customer service is generally atrocious. See, now, is there a way to, I mean, like you said, generally speaking, with 
cell phone companies in general, I, you know, you usually don't need to talk to an actual live breathing person. You can go on the website and figure it out or, yeah. you know, something, you know, get around that somehow. Is that, uh, and, you know, with Total or, or any of those subprime or su- not subprime. Subprime. Sub- That's a perfect term for it. Is it worth it? You know, I would say that it's kind of like buying a junk bond. You get a much higher interest rate, but you got risk with it. And it's a risk I'm willing to take. A lot of people aren't willing to take a chance with the customer no service. You'll have to make that call, though. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Susie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Susie. How's it going? It's going absolutely great, Clark. Thank you so much for for taking this call. It's a big question I have. Let's Um, hear. And I'm... Well... (laughs) I would like to get an iPhone 8. I would settle for a 7, but I really would like to get an 8. And I can't find any kind of discount provider that that I'm going to be able to work with. And I wondered if you could shed some light on this or, or help me figure right, it so out. So you can buy an 8 direct from Apple or any of a number of electronic stores and use it on a variety of networks, including prepaid uh, networks, the ultra-low-cost networks. I mean, I'm thinking what exception there would be to being able to use an iPhone 8, and I can only think of two right off the top of my head. One would be republicwireless.com, and the other would be freedompop.com. But other than those two, you should be able to use an iPhone 8 on any of the major or minor network providers. The one that I've been talking to is the one that I currently have. and Go ahead and name them, then. They, okay, it's Total Wireless, and they've, they've been great. And they've actually given me some support on Facebook about, you know, answering questions. But they're, they're pretty much saying that they're not providing support for the iPhone 8 and not even for the iPhone 7. Okay, and this is so funny. You said stuff. Total Wireless? Total Wireless. Okay, yeah. I just pulled up their website. And I want you to do the same. And the main screen when I pull it up is an ad for the iPhone 8. Get ready for iPhone 8 with updates right in your inbox. Sign up now at TotalWireless.com. Well, they were putting that on their Facebook page, and I followed up on the Facebook, and it said coming soon. And when I asked them about it, they said they didn't know when. All right, so here's what you do. Go to TotalWireless.com, and there's a pre-registration button there to be able to buy an iPhone 8 from Total Wireless and put it on their network. Okay, I'm actually there right this minute taking a look. Pre-register, I see that. All right, so I should just go ahead and do that? Yeah, because... 
here's the thing. All these companies that outsource their customer no service, that's exactly what you get when you call customer no service. So just think, I would never have a reason for being or existing if it weren't for things like that, right? Oh, and you're so good at getting us around all these problem people. Thank you so much. Sure. And, you know, I would love when I retire to just go into any of these companies and teach them how to do customer no service the right way and actually give people customer service. And since I'm unbought and unbossed, I just have them give whatever money that normally I would get paid to my Habitat for Humanity building fund, build people houses. What do you think? You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center, and you can get that free off-the-air advice.